Good afternoon, everyone. This is Andrea, and I'd like to welcome you to our March webinar and podcast episode. A quick reminder on asking questions. If you're joining us live today, you have the opportunity to ask a question at any time. Just use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel, and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithink.com. I'll now hand over to Mark Holton, Smithink Director, who will be presenting the Business Advisory Tools Update. Over to you, Mark. Thanks very much, Andrew, and good and welcome everybody, and welcome to our what month is it now, Andrew? March, March 2023 webinar on something that I've got a, quite a passion of, as many would know: business advisory services and software. What the industry is using. Um, what we're going to look at over the next little bit of time, and that's just a little bit about me and what I currently do and what I have done in the past and the boards that I sit on, is to consider what I call the advisory challenge. There is a vast array of software and solutions in the market, all designed to assist accountants and help them provide, you know, as we said, initial and engaging business advisory services to their clients. Uh, I've often thought I'd love to be Benjamin Button. I'd love, I'd love to go back 25 years and have the software that's available now and the systems and the processes and the resources and kick off my advisory career again. Because when I first started back 20 or 25, at least years ago now, we really just had Excel, or as I call it, the accountant's love tool. And then I discovered a piece of software called MYOB Profit Optimizer, or back then it was called the Tache Optimist before it went to MYOB. And I thought, by golly, this is something I can use to be able to get the message across to clients, to be able to turn numbers into knowledge, make it more engaging, give them a different perspective of what we've been putting in front of them for years. And as we went through that process, there was really not too many choices out there. If they needed a budget, we did Excel. If they needed KPI services and that sort of stuff, we did Excel. But now there's so many out there. And having just attended a couple of the uh, accounting expos around the country, there's even more out there than I've ever seen before. So with that in mind, many of them might look the same. Understanding the differences and how they fit into your process is critical. And I'll highlight those words, process. If we're going to get the right tool to help us deliver the right service in the firm. Many firms I speak to seem confused as to what software suits them. They know what's out there, and it's pretty easy to find out what's out there these days, but does it suit what I'm looking to do? Which ties me into the fourth point. And that is many firms have not worked out what advisory services they want to offer. In my mind, the challenge is working out what you want to do, to whom you want to do it with, how much it costs, do you package it, and how do you explain the service simply, easily, and beneficially to a client, and then look at the software solution that can help you deliver that service in a more voluminous type manner, more efficiently than otherwise you might currently be doing. And I think that's the main point of what I really wanted to make today. The challenge of advisory tools is that most of them these days are now cloud-based, and I think they're absolutely fantastic. I've yet to see a bad one, I've got to be honest. Integration of the firm data into advisory workflow is a critical consideration. You know, does it integrate with my client file, be it MYOB, Xero, QuickBooks, or the like? How to stop advisory software becoming shelfware, one of the single biggest problems. I call it shelfware if it never ever gets uh, near a computer and near a client. It just constantly sits on the shelf. How do we stop that happening? 
We need to get, in my mind, the right structure and infrastructure in the firm. If your firm is struggling for capacity, okay, in, it, in itself and in its people, then <clears throat> doing something extra, something more diversified, will always be a challenge. If you haven't worked out what you're going to sell, to whom you're going to sell, how much it costs, et cetera, et cetera, as I said earlier, then your infrastructure needs a bit of management. We then need to look at how do we get an efficient and client engagement and delivery model. And that's where software can become quite beneficial when it comes to client engagement. How do I fire up the client? You know, nothing fires up the client like a face-to-face -face needs analysis meeting over a cup of coffee, believe me. But what software can I use to be able to systemise the process, get the right people in the right firm at the right pay rate to do the right task so that I can go out and meet more clients and be reliant on the fact that the information I'm being provided, precursor as it is, is, is correct. We need to get the right people on board and train them. You do need a practice champion. I don't care who they are, as long as they want to do it. Uh, we need a partner who ultimately is responsible for the advisory division. And I'll keep saying division because I know the only way this works properly is to put a division in place like many firms have done with financial planning or IT or HR or other diversified services. Advisory has to be diversified to truly be profitable and to truly create the success you want. We need to develop champions in the firm and by develop, we can't just say, congratulations, you're it. That's gotta be, how do I train? How do I nurture? How do I encourage them to be able to deliver these services to multiple industries that require multiple things done for them? This is not compliance, guys. It is very, very different. And the one tip I'd give you with software is take on products and service incrementally, not all at once. So what's out there? Well, I think the first choice we need to make is do we go for a broad-based solution? Okay, and some, some providers out there do offer this, you know, one solution that does a CRM. It does a bit of benchmarking. It does a bit of diagnostics. It creates numbers into knowledge. You know, it might do a bit of budgeting and cash flow. It might do a bit of succession planning. Okay. Most of these products in that sort of scenario can be brought on gradually. So you might take on A and B and bring on C, D, E and F as time goes by. They might not be the best of breed out there, but then who, def who defines best of breed anyway? Okay. But literally, they do the job. And they're useful for what I think is critical, which is to learn once and apply many concepts. The other alternative is go for a best of breed. And that is a single cloud solution that endeavors to cover specific business advisory needs like budgeting cash flow, like financial diagnostics, like succession planning, strategy planning, you know, and stuff like that. Things that do well, one key advisory service. Obviously, with that, it might be more expensive than a consolidated multiple suite approach. And often it does not offer a holistic consistency of use and process naturally because it hasn't got that holistic use and process, then you might need multiple software champions in the firm to manage and champion that particular tool. And that becomes just the reality of life. We need to train people in the firm to be good with the software and not just know how to drive it. That's one critical part. But in my mind, that's only the first step. But how to implement it, how to offer it as a service, how to engage with it and how to get clients on board long-term, not just short-term piecemeal type stuff. 
So what services do you guys think online that clients will expect from us over the next 12 months to two years? That used to say three years. I brought it back. I think two years is far too long anyway. Really, what do they need from us? Do they need things like tax planning? Someone said to me at an event I was speaking at recently that tax planning is the bridge between compliance and advisory. I think that's a brilliant definition and it's a brilliant first up service. A couple of great tax planning tools on the market at the moment. Happy to have a chat to anyone about anything later on. A bit hard to do it in a general session. Financial planning, risk and insurance reviews, succession, and they go on, state, strategy, business, benchmarking, business value indications, pre-lending assessments. It's always frustrated me how the banks make all the money around lending. I was always out there saying to clients, are you looking to borrow money in the future? If so, how much, when, what for? And then getting them sitting down with me today to look at their numbers, match it up to the lending covenants, okay, and then looking where the gaps were and trying to fill the gaps before they went to the bank and charging for it. There's very few clients I had that didn't want to know what their business is worth and how to make it worth more tomorrow. So we're going to start off with business value indications, not full-on vowels that we charge eight to 10 for, but growth strategies, wealth conversations with clients and benchmarking, okay? When I launched this, there wasn't too many clients that didn't want to know how comparative they were compared to their peers. I think the no-brainer on that screen from a service perspective is strat planning. We need to be more strategic, not transactional advisory. We need to get inside the client's head. We need to look at where they are today, where they want to be tomorrow, how we get them there, who does it, when's it going to be done by, and when do we celebrate success. There's a million and one ways to do this. Things like budgets and cash flows, I call action or success plans, largely because most clients don't understand what the former is. Scenario planning, showing clients the financial impact of key decisions before they are made. You know, there's software that can help you with this. But I'll tell you one thing now, unless you know your debits and credits, and I'm sure everyone online does, and unless you can take those debits and credits and communicate them with a bit of software, I don't care what it is, boy, it's hard to deliver that service. Reach out if you need a hand. Strat planning, managing receivables, inventory, whip and payables, particularly those low level things that cause grief in the client's mind are always seen as more valuable. And then any underlying assumption that the client has to get a plan in place to be better, more successful, okay? So we can help with the development of the plan, the quarterly board of advice meetings to keep the client to the plan. And the plan might be a budget and cash flow. It might be, this is what I want to do. I can't find staff. How do I do it? How do I improve my IT? How do I do a debit and a credit? How does a debit and credit affect me in my firm? The brush is really broad here. And it continues with things like managing cash and working capital, KPI management, like you see on screen, lending covenants, liquidity ratios, profit, asset utilization, return on investment, the key missing thing in advisory. And that is clients who look at their return on just about every asset they own, but don't do it on their business. This is an education issue. And then specific measures for the client's industry or business. Maybe creating a top 10 KPI. And largely, maybe six or seven of those top 10 won't change too much per client. 
it's the last two or three that relate to their industry that really create value in the client's mind. So with that in mind, let's have a quick look at what business advisory services are being offered and what software out there at the moment is being used. At Smith Inc, for years, we ran the ASA event. In fact, almost 11 years, I think it was. And we used to do a series of surveys, asking the industry what they're doing, what they're up to, what software they use, how happy are they, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll put this one up because the last one we did was 2021, but then again, the last real good industry data was around that date anyway. And without doubt, without fear or favour, the number one advisory service offered, offered out there is cash flow and budgeting. But my problem with it is it is this. If you're just doing a cash flow and a budget for a single purpose to give to the client, to go to the bank or anybody else, then fine, you'll make money out of it depending how much you bill and how much time you take and how organised you are. But does it help the client deliver the budget? If it doesn't help the client deliver the budget, that's when Board of Advice Quarterly comes in, where you as the external chairperson hold the client accountable to the budget, to their success, to their action plan. There's not enough of us doing this, but we are doing a stack of budgets. And throughout COVID, every firm said, I'm doing more than ever. But the conversion of those budgets, I think, was quite poor and it's something we need to work on. Look how tax planning has kicked in there for three years. Prior to that, no one could tell us because they never separated it from base-level compliance billing. So there's the latest figures I've got there in black, the 2021 figure, is largely showing more involvement in more services than ever before. I love this report. It's the Business Fitness Good, Bad and Ugly Insight Poll on Modern Technology. And this is what the industry is using. No surprise, the single biggest tool used for advisory across the industry from 500K turnover to 4 mil plus is the accountant's love tool. Nobody should be shocked with that. Excel is still the most popular advisory tool out there, even though every year I've got to enter the same stuff in or modify the stuff. And it's hard to integrate. but it's comfortable. Then we can look at some of the other tools there, and by no means is this all of them. It's just what GBU showed in their report. So we see things like Spotlight Reporting, Fathom, Futurely. There's the old MYOB Profit Optimizer. Heaven forbid it's still being used out there. And I suppose if it's not broken and it still works, why fix it? So I know quite a few firms still using that tool, but it's not cloud-based. It's the old PC version. You know, VSTAR, Castaway, Cashflow Story, Calxa, MYP, and other. There's an awful lot in other. In fact, there's more in other than would be on that screen there. But as you can see, the larger end of town seem to be doing more in advisory than the smaller end of town to the medium end of town. But when it comes to the use of Excel, it's pretty solid and it's pretty much up there. My question to you is what are you currently using? How well do you utilize it? How do you bill it? How efficient is it? And in my mind, that's key questions before you consider buying something else. Interestingly, with this report, it also looked at what's the next software purchase that most firms are looking at, again, based on that revenue domicile. And certainly when you look at advisory solutions, 2020, 12, 24, okay? It's probably the largest growth factor apart from integrated work papers with a large end of town, and doc management software. 
Okay. None of the above also was quite interesting, which tells me either we're not considering it or we're pretty darn happy with what we currently have. But when it comes to advisory, I can tell you there's more interest out there with firms than I've seen in 25 years. But the same old chicken and egg problems are happening. Lack of time, lack of capacity, lack of staff. I'm implementing a new doc management system. I'm implementing a new PM solution. There's a million and one reasons not to do it. My question to you is, instead of not doing it, why don't we start to look at how to do it and how to do it smart, efficient and manageable? Okay. In my mind, the key software, software solution, dear, dear Andrea, is a CRM. Why? Well, a lot of accounting firms tell me they use their practice management solution as a CRM. I will challenge that every day of the week, even though... I saw a demonstration the other day of the new Access Group APS integrated solution that utilizes Salesforce as a CRM solution. So it's the number one CRM in the world. You know, it's very difficult for me to say, go and buy this or go and buy that. And I won't do it in an open forum anyway, it's not fair. But if you want to have a chat about the right CRM for you, or the right practice management or advisory tool or anything else to do with the technology issues in your firm, I'll show you in a moment how you can reach out and we'll have a private discussion. Where we fell over in our firm was when we had two or three advisory clients we didn't need a CRM because we could handle minor volume. When we started to get volume, as in one client per month doing quarterly board of advice meetings, that involved different actions, different solutions, different strategies, things started to slip through the cracks. So that's when we went after a CRM because we needed it to manage the customer data centrally so we could access it anywhere. So I wanted a cloud solution. Didn't get one in the early days, but upgraded to it a few years back. I want to manage my suspects, my prospects and my clients, any interaction with them on the way in, as well as the projects, outcomes, and follow-ups that I do with them on the way out. I want nothing to slip through the cracks. I want people in my firm that are good at admin to be managing the CRM, and all I need to do is feed the information through those efficiently trained, effective staff members to manage it. I want to manage documents and knowledge effectively, from engagements to contracts to quotes to any sort of advice I do that should be documented. I want to manage the relationships, including emailing and targeting customers and personalised emails to groups and or social media and or newsletters and or anything. You might just start with a CRM that keeps track of your suspects, prospects, clients on the way in and what you're doing with them on the way out and then move to other features, other modules. Many of them are modular-based when the time comes, or you could use the best of breed solutions separate to that. But the CRM keeps track of everything you do with the client. So whether you integrate it back into your workflow for the purposes of compliance and everything else you do, or whether you just keep track of it initially as a business advisory CRM, believe me, you don't want anything to slip through the cracks because it relates to service failure. When that happens, Seriously, you lose the client faith. So we've got to get our infrastructure right with this. That's what I'd be looking at first of all. So my key conclusions as we come to the end is this. 
Don't take on too much. Adopt products incrementally. Run your advisory services through a CRM. Get the right structure in your firm working and the right infrastructure. Develop a strong repeatable engagement system that every client that you're going to do advisory with goes through. No questions asked. Must be total in, not partial. Develop ongoing delivery models and look for software that can help you deliver it more efficiently, more effectively, and more scalably in a nimble advisory division within your firm. Get the right people on board. You know, I can give you as many systems, processes, checklists as you wish. One thing I can't give you is people. But the most important resource, the human resource with this, and they need to be the right people. I'm all against taking square pegs and squashing them into round holes. The right person for advisory needs to want to do it. They want to be a financial storyteller. They enjoy the interaction with clients. Just because they're a great compliance accountant and we think the client loves them does not mean they can articulate into this division. Right people, right task, right time, right billing rate creates the right success model. And last tip I'll give you is train, train, train. This ain't tax. You don't go once a year to tax updates. You don't get monthly tax updates. And let's be frank, there's not that much change anyway in that area. You got to train, train, train on different industries. Dealing with a plumber is different than dealing with a farmer, to dealing with a golf professional, to dealing with a retailer, to dealing with a jeweler, to dealing with a, you know, a builder. Different industries require flexibility, requires a nimble approach to what we do, and it requires a bit of industry knowledge too that we have to gain. So finally, where do I see the future of device and the future of software? I think big data. I think leveraging the data inside cloud accounting systems is a no-brainer. I think real-time budgeting, cash flows, and benchmarking is only a stone throw off. We should be able to integrate live data into budgeting, cash flows, and benchmarking tools and talk to the client as it is actually happening. I've seen this happening already in the, in the US and the UK, only a matter of time before it gets here. Let's do some work at granular level, prices, volumes, pricing, not just at macro level. Let's get some real-time industry trends in there. Why is one better perform business performing better than the other? Give me some industry data on this. Utilize the internet, big data, give me some info. Predict future performance. We need to be able to look at software to give us indicators that may lead to good or poor performance before it happens, not afterwards. That's compliance looking in the revision mirror. We've got to look forward. And data analytics, what's new that's going to happen? I asked a group of young people recently, what do they think is the next manual task in an accounting firm that will be automated? You know what? Their entire mindset was compliance, tax, accounting. Not one of them said anything about big data, utilising the internet, artificial intelligence, okay? We've got to get them out of that that three-inch square that exists in the mind and start them thinking about what else. Machine learning. I think any advice given or same in nature can be delivered by a machine and will be in the future. Who knows how long, how far, but we're already seeing it in different industries like medical, like legal. Maybe financial planning will give a hit first before we do. Something that can be done more than once, I believe it can be automated. And if it can be automated, it can be delivered for free. 
That's the ultimate challenge. Advice that the machine may deliver direct to the client. And let me say, things like we've recently seen artificial intelligence and chat GPT. My question to you is what will that do to our profession? Will our clients go to tools like that? How do we leverage it? How do we utilise it? How do we make that sort of artificial intelligence that's out there at the moment and quite affordable part of our advisory solution so they come to us first, not utilise this and come to us second? We've got to get in the middle of this now, not sit back and wait to see what it does, what it happens. I'd love to have an open debate about the impact of artificial intelligence in the future and get us to start to look in the crystal ball a little. Maybe it requires that a little bit more crystal ball strategy when it comes to any diversified service, let alone our key compliance service. So if anybody online today would like to do what I call a complimentary business advisory tools assessment, and I know, Andrea, we've had a couple of questions come in asking specific things about uh, types of services or what would you use with this compliance tool you know, it's how long's a piece of string, guys. The last thing I want to do is recommend the wrong thing to you because your needs, your goals, your pathway to success, what you've currently got and what you intend to do and what services you want to offer could very well change the advice I might give you about what you should look at. So I'd be very happy to have that offline. If anybody wants to do that with me, it's complimentary. I love having chats with people, as you know. Okay, and we'll talk about the different solutions. But I will drill you down on what you intend to do, what services you tend to offer, what type of clients you intend to offer them to, and also a little bit around what do you, what do you intend to build. So if you want to have discussions around that, I can give you some info on that, what other firms are doing, what successful people are doing, also what some of the not successful accounting firms are doing with advisory. But essentially, let me target the advice to you and your needs rather than generalise. And I'll leave you with this thought. You know, one of the best books I've ever read, and I think it ties into advisory, is a book called The Ride of a Lifetime. It's by Bob Iger, the ex-CEO, then chair, now reappointed CEO of Disney Corporation. And Bob said, all change or innovations that have happened in the world are due to people willing to see something more than others see. How true is that? Where others see roadblocks, successful people see opportunities. I don't have time. I don't have capacity. I don't have the right staff. We need a new practice management solution. We need this, this, and this. They are barriers to success that we've got to break through. If that's a roadblock, how do we as successful people break through that and create greater opportunity for us and greater satisfaction for our clients. Hence the ultimate advisory challenge. And finally, everyone, before I pass back to Andrea, our Young Guns workshop that we ran last year, we had a fantastic audience up on the Gold Coast, is going to be run again in 2023, a little bit later. At this stage, 30 and 31 October, we're just finalising the venue, but it'll be up on the Gold Coast again. Just a bit of a save the date to put that in there. Love to see you there or your young guns or anybody else in your firm that you feel might get some benefit out of interacting with other young people and also being trained on non-technical information, like how to manage, how to lead, how to offer more advisory services, how to acquire equity, how to present in front of people, how to ask the right questions, 
and also understanding the mental health challenges that we all have in the accounting game, let alone our clients. This event is targeted towards people and helping people become better at what they do. And with that in mind, Andrew, I'll say thank you very much, smack on 12.30. Uh, and also, if there is any questions related to what we covered, more than happy to do it. And also just reinforce that, please reach out. There's my details on screen. Pop me an email, contact Andrea, send me a text, doesn't really matter which way. And I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you offline. We'll do it over a 45 minute or so webinar and have a chat, whatever it takes, and we'll work from there. But thanks for being online. Back to you, Andrea. Great, thank you, Mark. Thanks for your presentation today. Um, and if you would like to ask a question today, anybody out there online, and it's a quick one that can be answered today by Mark, um, please type it in and I'll read that out for you and Mark will answer now. Um, as Mark suggested, if it's something that requires a little bit more um, in-depth answer, you know, reach out and we can organize that complimentary assessment with Mark. Um, let's see if we get any questions coming through for today. Everybody's quiet. So far, so good. You have a couple of questions leading into the webinar, you know, without mentioning names, people are asking about products that work with particular yeah. uh, practice management tax ledger solutions. Um, people are asking about what's available for hardcore business advice. Geez, I'd love to know what they mean by that one, first of all. But I think it's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. You have recommendations about CRM, sales and marketing tools. Too right, I do. But I need to understand what you want to do with it. And um, a great question around, you know, how can changes in environmental sustainability and social governance affect this and how can we harness it? Brilliant question. And that's obviously a little bit more than a couple of minutes, so I'd love to have a chat to the person that popped back there as well. So, Andrew, perhaps if you could reach out to those four people that have logged questions and offer them an opportunity to have a bit of a chat offline, we might run that way. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I will Great reach out to those people. Sal, yep. GPT-4 is going to change everything. Yeah, geez, I tell you what, you could be on the market there, Sal. Love to have a bit of a discussion with you and get your thoughts on that. Excellent. It looks like that's all today, Mark. So we'll be in contact with the people that did have questions that require a bit more information. If you do have any other questions, obviously just get in touch with myself or Mark. Um, the recording will be available later today. And thank you, everybody, for attending. And thank you, Mark, for presenting today. Pleasure, Andrea. Have a good month, guys. Bye now.